Welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet. I'm not even a fan. I'm your host, Wayne Lou, speaking to you after. I mean, look, this is just unacceptable. I mean, we've seen this many times in the Raptors this year. That's what's really concerning is uh, this is what the sixth time in the last eight games that they've been falling down 15 plus points in the first half alone. Uh, Raptors lose this one 126 to 107 against the Orlando Magic flaming out of the in-season tournament. And man, honestly, I don't even care so much about the in-season tournament. I care about the performance. I care about how sloppy the Raptors were. I care about the fact that the Raptors in this game, I mean, in a game where the Raptors hit 50% from three, in a game where the Raptors shot above 50% from the field, the Raptors lose in a game that was never even that close. Um, the Raptors were lucky to be only down 11 at halftime. They made a flurry of threes. Uh, to get themselves into a position where it's like, okay, you know, you didn't show up in the first half, but maybe you close a couple of things down and you come out and you regroup yourselves. No, just no. Like, it, it, this is this is terrible. Yeah, the Orlando Magic had 25 more field goal attempts than the Toronto Raptors. They had 100 field goal attempts. They went 50 for 100. Uh, they had 100 field goal attempts to the Raptors, 75. And the difference there, obviously, being... The Raptors got outworked in the offensive glass, 15 to 5. The Raptors got outworked in turnovers, 23 to 12. And yeah, I would say Orlando's a, a, a good defense, a really good defense. They're able to, you know, throw a lot of length out there. They're really together. They're really composed. Uh, honestly, you know, Goga Bataze, I was not familiar with your game. He was in this one and he made a huge impact. Uh, defensively starting for this group. And he's not even their starting center, Wendell Carter is, but he's been out with injury. So he steps in. Imagine your backup center, you know, not being precious and instead getting you know, actually good, solid play. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just just not acceptable from the Raptors. Um, it, it doesn't matter how good Orlando's defense is when you have unforced turnovers like the Raptors did. You know, start of the game, one of the first plays of the game, Scotty Barnes brings the ball up and throws an eight-foot pass to OG, who isn't looking at all for the ball. And no, neither should he, by the way. He's in the middle of the paint on a cut. And it's a turnover. The Magic break the other way. And Paolo Balcaro uh, shoots free throws. Scotty has to give up the foul. Uh, then you got, you know, another possession where Scotty's in the post. He's trying to go for a, a post up. Kind of awkward. Doesn't really got to step on his man. Misses a shot. The Magic go the other way. Eventually, Jalen Suggs gets a three. Um, then you got Dennis trying to work a pick and roll. Trying to then feed somebody in the post. Uh, there's a turnover. The Magic break the other way. Franz Wagner Knocks down a wide open three in transition. 10-4, 9-50 into the game. Uh, left in the first quarter, and the Raptors have to call the first timeout. The Raptors have to call the second timeout. The Raptors have to call the third timeout. How many times did Darko, you know, <laughs> storm onto the court looking all mad? And the result being no different from the Raptors, who were abysmal in transition defense. I mean, just just terrible in transition defense. And I'll give the Magic a lot of credit. They played hard. They they showed out for the crowd. They got momentum. They're clearly, you know, driving forward with a lot of intent. Uh, there's a young group. They're playing with pride. I mean, you look no further than Jalen Suggs, who, you know, you know, I remember still two seasons ago, him coming to Toronto and, you know, Raptors fans chanting, uh, you know, chanting about how Scotty's better, Scotty's better. And, and Scotty is better. But in this game, I don't know. I don't know who was better in this game. I mean, it was pretty clear that Jalen Suggs came to play, came with a lot of energy, was pumped up after every single play, driving the crowd forward, driving his team forward. There was intent behind what Orlando wanted to do tonight. There was nothing from the Raptors, nothing. And just just really, really bad. Outside of the Raptors getting the ball to Pascal Siakam, 
drawing double teams, and then finding the next man. And he found uh, Jakob Proto like three f- times for layups in the first quarter alone. It felt like there were only three adults in the room for the Raptors tonight. Pascal Siakam, uh, Dennis Schroeder, and to a lesser extent, Jakob Proto. But that's it. That's it. In transition, nobody guarding. Uh, I don't know. Scotty was just wasting possessions left, right, and center. OG trying to slash into the paint. I'm sorry. If you're already having time, uh, a difficult time scoring, uh, my, my, my go-to move is not let's give it to OG and let him break down the defense. The transition bench lineups, which has been an issue all year unless you're playing the Detroit Pistons. And honestly, if this is how bad the Raptors struggled against the Magic, just imagine how bad the Pistons truly are. Like, honestly, there might be a 60-point difference in quality between Orlando and Detroit, just based on, you know, the last two nights here. But outside of the the game against the Detroit Pistons, uh, the Raptors' transition lineups have been really, really struggling this year. Um, Those OG, Scotty-led lineups, they don't really work with the bench groups. And today, my goodness, to start the second quarter there, it was just shambolic. Because, look, the Raptors' starters didn't get out to a great start uh, some bad turnovers, but at least it was like fairly close. And it was like, okay, maybe you bring in some bench guys to see what they do. They do nothing. They they actually don't do anything. Um, Gary came into the game and, and this was one of Gary's worst performances of the year. Like I, I, I'm sorry, but 21 minutes, one of six from the field, knocks down one, three, uh, no rebounds, one assist, no steals, no blocks, no turnovers, a foul. And you just got to watch some of the defensive decisions that he makes. Some of the offensive decisions that he makes, I, I just don't I don't get it, right? In this kind of game, for example, you should come in with a pretty clear game plan. Where can I get my shots? And if the ball is getting to Gary and he's running a pick and roll with, uh, you know, Jakob or even Precious in this case, and like a guy like Bataze is out there, seven-footer, bit of slow feet, you probably want to be able to use that screen and then pull up, right? Or maybe touch the paint, cause a rotation, swing the ball out, right? But the decisions that he was making... Uh, a, a, a mid-range pull-up that was like, you know, he drove too deep and he got contested and he missed it. Then he tries to drive it strong against Bataze, blocked at the rim. The magic go the other way, three for Joe Ingles. Like, instantly, bench guys come in, and instantly, they start to make mistakes. Precious Achua, are the lights on? Are, are For real, are the lights on, right? Because when you walk, when you watch this game and you see the, the performance tonight, I, I mean, like, it, it, the turnovers, the decisions on defense, the, the lack of awareness, I, I just, I, I am actually curious. Like, are, are people locked into the game when they come to play? Like, I understand it's a Tuesday in Orlando, right? But, I mean, come on. <laughs> you know you're being televised. You know you know that, right? Like, it's it, it just such a such a bad performance from the second unit. And it just gets worse and worse, you know. Um, you know, Grady comes in, and Grady continues to look really underprepared for these games. And I don't even blame him. He's a rookie. I don't, I didn't think he'd get this many minutes rotationally right away, but he comes into the game, gets beat off of straight line drives to the basket, like, you know, over and over again. And I'm just saying like, what, what, what is, are we trying to compete? Are we trying to develop? Like, what are we trying to do here? Because, you know, it's difficult to do both these things, but the worst thing of all of this is the Raptors start the second quarter, right? So they're already down 30 to 23 and they're having issues mostly in transition defense. Um, you know, and then occasionally when the the magic second unit came in, they started getting downhill as well against the Raptors, even in the half court. Um, so what the Raptors second unit, uh, at least what Darko decided to do to start the second quarter was let's start with a zone defense and maybe we catch Orlando by surprise. Maybe, you know, we stop all this dribble penetration from Cole Anthony or maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe we actually play some defense. How about that? How, how's that as an idea? Maybe we actually play some defense and the first play 
out of a zone. And you got to, I mean, obviously everyone understands what a zone is supposed to do. It's designed to protect the paint. You have to help at the basket in position all the time. And, you know, you are trying as much as possible to limit penetration to the basket. First play of the game, when the Raptors actually go to the zone, the Magic break it down and throw a lob for a dunk. They got a lob dunk first play against zone. Like, and this was not the only one where the Raptors were able to give up a, a layup, a, a, a lob, a, a dunk. It's just anything. Wide open threes, pull up. Just their zone did nothing but add fuel to this fire. Now, of course, you would want, okay, ideally, fine. You know what? Um, you know, your defense isn't working, but maybe your offense propels you with that. I don't know. There was a cold stretch there for the Raptors. And, you know, it's it's the same stuff. Like, basically, the Raptors only generated offense today uh, when it was Pascal having the ball, when it was Dennis having the ball in a pick-and-roll setting. That's it. That That's it. Everything else looked like a slog. Everything else was... You know, a mismatch here or there. It wasn't consistent. You had back-to-back threes from OG. That was nice to see. Uh, you had Scotty with the buzzer beating three at the end of the first half, which was nice to see. But, you know, but, like, in general, half-court offense-wise, it was a struggle. And you would expect that against Orlando. You expect your offense to struggle against a really good defense. What you don't expect is that even when you have to revert to playing a zone, which is already, in a way, conceding the fact that you can't really guard, even when you go to a zone, you still give up layups and dunks. Like, it's just... It's unacceptable on any level. It's unacceptable on any level. It doesn't really matter. Like, if you're a serious team, you don't. You just don't do that. Raptors look worse than the Pistons uh, with some of these. You have Precious Achua. Uh, the, <laughs> I mean, so the Raptors don't cut well. They don't get the ball back from Precious, who's handling at the top of the floor. First off, well, how, why, how, how many possessions in a row do we got to give the ball to Precious to make decisions on the floor? Is that really the best decision maker in any context? especially on offense. Okay, so the, you know what? You don't get the two handoffs. That happens sometimes when you get someone to ball to her handoffs. So what does the man do? Well, Precious decides, oh, I'm going to try to blast through the Magic's defense, not make a move, just charge, just charge. That, that's it, just just charge. And guess what? The result is a charging foul. You know, like it's the decision-making out there. That is just absolutely terrible. Meanwhile, the Magic go the other way. They get Jonathan Isaac a lob for a dunk. Darko calls timeout, down 12 at this point. Then, coming out of that timeout, what do they draw up? OJ and Obi drives to the basket, blocked. Why would you? OG is not a good driver. And if OG is making the moves on the drive, you should probably do it in a context where you need the floor spaced out and you need to make sure he has a good uh, direction for it because either his momentum is too strong, he doesn't have the footwork, whatever it is, the awareness, but it's an issue when he drives. Blocked on a drive. Uh, then the Magic go the other way. They break in transition. They got a layup to, at, at the rim. Uh, fortunately, they missed a layup, but nobody on the Raptors runs back and Jonathan Isaac gets a wide open tip in, right? Then you got Franz going in for a layup. This is you know pick and roll, just drive straight to the defense, gets a layup. Uh, then you got OG Anobi. He, he's driving to the basket. He's He's got an open opportunity this time, goes up for the layup, misses the layup. Meanwhile, they're going back the other way. Raptors don't play in transition defense, and Gary Harris gets a wide open corner three, knocks it down. Now the Raptors are down 18. Darko calls another timeout, right? And uh, the Raptors come out with zone again. And guess what? Cole Anthony knocks down a three. Cole Anthony drives through the whole defense for a layup. Like, it's just over and over and over again. And then you start to see some strange decisions from from Darko, who's just like, you know what? Let me just try some things. Let me let me let me try a couple of things, right? Let me do things I don't typically do. Let me close the game, at least in the first half, with Gary instead of Jakob. Even though Jakob was actually pretty good to start the game, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Gary to close the first half. And I'm not entirely sure why he did it. I mean, probably for from for some uh, spacing purposes, right? You probably want to be able to unlock um, something, but. 
ultimately, that didn't necessarily make sense to me. You take Gary, who was playing really poorly, and you're playing him ahead of Jakob, who actually did play well for you. If there's one thing you did do well in the half court in terms of defense was to have actual rim protection in your seven-footer. Who you traded a first-round pick for last year, by the way, and re-signed to a four-year, $80 million deal after calling him a top-ten center. But no, he can't close a first half against Orlando. Uh, then you got Jalen Suggs bursting through the whole defense, uh, getting an and one, and now he's on the floor. He's flexing. Now you got Jalen Suggs knocking down a mid-range jumper. He's sticking his tongue out like MJ. The crowd gets all into it. You know, I mean, look, listen, if, if not for a couple of threes at the end there, Raptors would really, really have been in trouble at halftime. And, and that's not even going into the second half, which I think might require a break just so I can catch my breath and flip some more notes so I can read to you some more poor sequences from the Toronto Raptors. Absolutely shambolic of a performance here tonight in Orlando. But we're going to take that quick break. I've been your host, Will You've been listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Will Lou. Continue to recap this just terrible, unacceptable 126 to 107 loss to the Orlando Magic. By the way, credit to the Magic. Nice to see a team uh, go through a rebuilding process, come through with a, a clear identity, a, a group of young, talented prospects, guys who play hard, guys who play together. Nine and five, they improved two on the season. Uh, they I think they've won four straight. They look, they look good. They look solid. They look exciting. They look fun. On the other end, so the Raptors. So first half, we covered the first half. So let's go second half, all right? Second half was even worse for the Raptors, by the way. Uh, FYI. So Raptors are down 11. Um, and, you know, they start the second half. Now, look, listen, the Raptors have pulled off some impressive comebacks this season already. Two comeback wins after being down 20-plus. Now, of course, maybe you'd say we shouldn't be down 20-plus against, uh, against the Spurs uh, and against the Wizards, you know, two of the worst teams in the league. But, hey, at least you came back. So they're down 11. And the first play of the second half was actually kind of encouraging. I'm not going to lie. They fooled me for about, 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 about a hot minute there. They actually fooled me. Raptors start off the second half, and they get uh, full-court pressure from Dennis, which is typical. They always get full-court pressure from Dennis. And then they get Jakob coming up even above half to then press up against Goga Bataze. And that forced an eight-second violation out of the Orlando Magic. And I'm like, oh, you know what? That's the energy that was missing in the first half. There we go. We're going to come up with some intent, right? You have some momentum. You, you, you get the extra possession back. What do you do with it? I'm not kidding. The next four plays feature OJ Anopi, feature Yaka Pirtle, feature Dennis Schroeder, feature Scotty Barnes. The four of them each taking a turn to drive into the paint against the Magic. And all four players came up entirely empty on their drives. And that just took all the wind out of their sails. I mean, they had no wind in their sails anyway. <laughs> but, it, it, yeah, it, it was tough. I mean, like, you know, it, it, to me, I'm thinking what worked in the first half was Pascal touching the ball on offense. Maybe we get in the ball a little bit more. And at least say, like, hey, we're going to stick with this. We're going to ride with this formula. And then we'll force the Magic to adjust. And at that point, we can, we can adjust. But at least let's do what's working. But, no, Pascal got two touches in the first half, uh, or in the second, in, in the second half, uh, in the half court. And uh, one time he got, I think, uh, a layup. And then the other time he drove into the paint, collapsed three defenders, and kicked it out to Dennis, who knocked down a three. But, hey, let's not go more to that. Let's What we're actually going to do instead is we're going to sub out Yaka Pirtle early to bring in Precious Achua because, you know, it was a killer first half for Precious Achua. Let's reward that by getting him into the game even earlier. Let, let's get him into the game even earlier. And uh, he drops a, a, a nice 
you know, he made a nice cut. Scotty made a nice drive, made a nice pass to Precious. Gift wrap drops the pass, and they go the other way. And Franz Wagner makes a layup off of that. Um, then you got Suggs end to end for a layup and one. Uh, then you get you know Precious, who, if you will recall, before the season, um, there was a press conference where just right after Precious turned down, well, not turned down, but you know failed to reach an extension with the Raptors. Let's just say. Um, and, you know, he went to the press conference and, um, you know, he was injured to start to start preseason training camp, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I got healthy at this point and talked to the press. And he had this whole thing about, like, I, I believe I'm a top five defender in this league. And you know what? At times, I've seen Precious do a really good job defensively, right? Two seasons ago, when the Raptors were playing the Sixers in, in the playoffs, it was Precious who was on the floor a lot for his defense. He was guarding Embiid. He was guarding James Harden. That's probably the pinnacle of what we've seen out of Precious as a, as a player in, in the four seasons that we've seen him in the league so far. But anyway, so Precious says I'm a top five defender. Well, good test for a top five defender going up against Paolo Banquero on a switch. And now Paolo's difficult to guard. He had, what, 25 points tonight? Lead the Magic? Pretty good player, right? Rookie of the year and all that kind of stuff. It's tough. Big, big, big forward. Uh, very athletic, but can, you know, shoot it really well. Um, you know, especially shooting really well right now from three. Let's see how Precious, let's put that top five defense to the test. Powell gets him on a switch, double crossover, goes to the basket, and one. And then the next play down, the Raptors are trying to guard against Orlando once again, and Precious just completely loses the context of what's supposed to happen and gets called for a three-second violation. Now, look, is he the first player to, to give up an and one to Paolo? No. Is he the first player to get some, uh, you know, lose track of where he is on the floor for a three-second violation? No. But I'm just saying, it was very indicative of this kind of game. And this is after, by the way, Darko says, you know what, I'm going to reward Precious. I'm going to take off my center. I'm going to reward Precious. And this is the reward that he got with it. Um, yeah, just just a poor effort from the Raptors in the second quarter there. Darko goes to a lot of, like, you know, uh, smaller groups as well. I thought that was, uh, you know, interesting to me, seeing Dennis, Malachi, and Gary on the floor with, uh, you know, Scotty and Pascal in the front court. I mean... I guess you could try to go small to counter another team being big. It's been done before, but the issue is the Raptors are good at being a big team. Um, They are not first off good at being small in general, but they're definitely not good at putting smaller players in to substitute for their much better, bigger players. Uh, It just didn't make any sense. And it created a lot of easy mismatches where Orlando's like, Oh, okay. So if you're going to put three of these guards out there, I'm going to find Franz Wagner. I'm going to post them up. I'm going to find Paolo Banquero. I'm going to post them up. doesn't even matter. I'll, I'll, they could post up whoever they want, right? But, uh, yeah, not, not a lot of great decisions. And, and probably my least favorite player of the night. And maybe you just say I'm old school, whatever you want to call it. But there's a play where the Raptors were down 22 points, and Scotty Barnes is applying some pressure in the front court, gets a steal, I think, off of Cole Anthony, and takes it in from the fast break. And before he takes it in for a dunk, or layup, he stops, slows down, bends over, looks back, and then puts in the dunk to cut the lead to, to 20. Fantastic. Fantastic stuff, man. Fantastic stuff. Uh, fourth quarter, um, yeah, I mean, Raptors don't really have much in them in the fourth quarter. The only thing I would say is that uh, Darko, at least on the first half of a back-to-back, because, by the way, the Raptors are playing the Indiana Pacers tomorrow, and the Pacers... While they are pretty terrible defensively, they are amazing offensively. And if a pretty bad offense in Orlando was able to do this, score 126 points against Toronto, I shiver 
at the thought of what they would, what the Indiana Pacers will do to the Raptors. But hey, listen, um, at least Darko, seven minutes left, decides, you know what? Uh, Jakob just fouls out. He ended up committing two fouls quickly uh, in, in quick succession. So I guess, you know, saving uh, him for some sort of lineup adjustment by putting pressures in earlier, I guess that worked out. That man just picked up two fouls and, and, and ended that whole experiment with Jakob playing with the bench. Um, seven minutes left. Once Jakob fouled out, Darko's like, you know what, man, I'm going to pull the plug. We're out of this tournament uh, and we got a back-to-back. Let's just try to look ahead to that. And um, the only thing I would say positively is, well, guys like McDaniels came in, did a decent job. Grady and knocked down a corner three. Nice to see. Uh, and <laughs> big surprise, but Otto Porter was available, which makes you question, why did you not play Otto Porter in meaningful minutes? I'm sorry, but we got a lot of Precious. We got a lot of Chris Boucher. Um, you know, we even got Grady in the first half. If, if Otto's available, he should definitely feature because he is absolutely a more effective player than those other guys. But somehow he only comes in for garbage time and actually did a decent job. But hey, listen, it was garbage time. So, you know, uh, it's the end of the game. But still, uh, really disappointing performance on the Raptors to not even be competitive, to to make Orlando look like just world beaters on offense. Give your head a shake. This was just, was just terrible. Just terrible. Um, the only good thing I would say from this one is just Pascal continues to do good work out of the post. I want to see more of that. I thought Dennis did a really good job of uh, making the right reads. I thought, you know, this was going to be a pretty important game for him considering the fact that Orlando's going to be really good at protecting the paint. You're going to need some guard scoring. This was in Dennis's fault, man. 24 points, 8 of 13 shooting, 4-4 four, four from 3, 4-4 four, four from the free throw line. Let's just get to the three stars. Yeah, your three stars tonight. Um, first star for me is going to go to Pascal, 16 points, two rebounds, eight assists, a steal, uh, five of 10 shooting from the field, six, eight from the foul line. I like the way he got to the foul line. I like the patience that he showed in the post. It, it was the only time where the Raptors looked like they were running cohesive offense. The other half of that was Dennis 24 points. Now he didn't get any, he only got one assist, which is obviously well below his season average. He's been up around like eight and nine, uh, to this point in the season, but, um, Orlando did a really good job taking away the middle. Um, and so, I think there were lots of opportunities for Dennis to look for his offense, and he did a good job with that. 8 of 13 from the field, 4 of 4 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Um, yeah, just needed other guys to, you know, step up and do their thing. And if I had to pick a third star, uh, man, difficult one. I guess Jakob. I mean, he fouled out, but I guess at least he gave me 10 and 10, uh, 5 or 7 from the field. I mean, you, you definitely needed his rim protection in, 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 in this kind of game, so I, I was really under like curious why... Darko kept taking him out. Um, it wasn't like he played a great game, but, you know, this is a game where you kind of have to ride with him. And um, shifting him with different lineups didn't exactly help the group. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It's hard to find three guys who played well. I would say two guys played well for the Raptors. Uh, in terms of the Gerald Henderson Award for the opposing player who lit up the Raptors, I mean, listen, I think Jalen Suggs definitely stole the show. 18 points, three rebounds, four assists, two steals. Uh, he had the time of his life. It looked like his Patrick Beverly in the play-in kind of um, scenario here. And honestly, I'm not even going to clown him because he played hard. He played great. He played with fire. That's what I wanted to see out of any of the Raptors. So why why, why would I go out of my way to take that away from him? He made a huge impact in his 21 minutes. But I also thought Goga Bataze played amazing. Five rebounds, seven assists, or seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, five blocks. This man damn near had a five-by-five, and you probably never even heard of this man before. So good for Goga. Go good for the Magic. Fun team, fun run. And for the Raptors, I don't know. It's going to be a long, quiet flight on the, to Indiana, but they got a lot to sort out because this is a good team. But if they don't show like this, I mean, if they don't show up, you know, they're pretty bad. So thanks all for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to The Raptor Show, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow to recap hopefully a better effort. Let's all pray. <laughs>